0: That's what it sounded like Monday night outside the Mount Sinai Hospital in downtown Toronto, as anti-Israel protesters stood outside the main patient entrance and chanted, Long live the Intifada. Protests ramped up around the world after the IDF freed some hostages in the southern Gazan city of Rafa, while also ordering Palestinians sheltering there to evacuate the area. Mount Sinai was originally founded 100 years ago by Jewish medical staff who couldn't get hired anywhere else because of anti-Semitism. Since 2021, it's been illegal in Canada for protesters, including anti-vaxxers, to block hospitals and patients and health workers from accessing medical care. While the Toronto police now say they're stepping up patrols around Hospital Row and they want witnesses to come forward with tips, Canadian leaders from Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and his cabinet ministers, down to Ontario's Premier Doug Ford, have shown allyship by condemning the targeting of this hospital. Here's Doug
1: Ford. You know, Mount Sinai did everything they could to save my brother's life. He was in there and uh, they're an incredible hospital, along with all the hospitals around the province. They're there to help people. Do not, do not break the law because that's exactly what happened. You broke the law. But even without the law, you have that uh, an ounce of decency not to do this. I don't care what you're protesting. That doesn't matter. You want to protest, go to City Hall, come down to Queen's Park, jump up and down, do whatever you want. But don't prohibit people going into a hospital.
0: For her part, Deborah Lyons, Canada's special envoy on combating anti Semitism and promoting Holocaust remembrance, also published a blistering statement on social media about the hospital protest. Lyons called it indecent, despicable and said she'd be calling both Toronto's mayor, Olivia Chow and the chief of police, Myron Demkew, to learn how they were going to stop what she called this ongoing and unacceptable anti-Semitic intimidation of Jews not just in Toronto, but across Canada.
1: Never again is now also means never again to be silent never again to be indifferent we need, and fortunately we have But we need our political, our education, our faith, and community leaders, and yes, even our business leaders at all levels across this country to unflinchingly and clearly speak out against hatred and disinformation on our streets, in our centers of education, online, On the world stage.
0: I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Wednesday, February the 14th, 2024. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. Deborah Lyons is a former Canadian ambassador to Israel. She has vast international diplomatic experience, including with Afghanistan she was appointed to be Canada's second ever special envoy on anti Semitism in October, just days after the Hamas murderous terrorist attacks on Israel. Israel soon declared war on Hamas in Gaza. Ambassador Lyons came in for some criticism early on for being too low key compared with her predecessor, Erwin Kotler, while Canada's 400,000 Jews face some of the worst anti Semitism here since the Second World War. When we interviewed her a few weeks into her mandate, Ambassador Lyons conceded her office was way understaffed to do what's needed. So she got extra funding, hired a bunch of staff from other Jewish organizations, and set a punishing schedule for herself. Coming up right after this message, we'll speak to Ambassador Lyons about her plan for getting Canadians to step up and protect the country's Jews. Don't take half measures when it comes to home security. Alarms and cameras work. But they'll only tell you that your worst nightmare just came true. Safety screen by Metalex for windows and doors will keep your family safe and sound with real stopping power. They can't be cut, pried, or bashed in, so you can enjoy carefree ventilation in the spring and fall with peace of mind. And protect your fixed windows and doors with rock glass, an absolutely unbreakable clear covering. Call 416 638 2539 or visit metalexsecurity.com to book your free consultation. That's M E T A L E X security.com. Remember, prevention is always better than the cure. The interview with Ambassador Lyons was recorded before last night's hospital protest. Welcome back to the CJN Daily. Great.
1: Thank you so much, Ellen. It's good to be back with you. We're speaking
0: not long after a vandalism incident happened in your native province, in Fredericton. Of course, our listeners will know the Segule Israel Synagogue. Some of the windows were smashed. When you heard about this, Ambassador Lyons, how did that, what went through your mind?
1: Well, you know, Ellen, I think working on this issue overall in so many ways is tougher than some of the other postings and issues that I've worked on uh, because this is about Canada, right? This is about our country. This is about what's happening here. And so then to have, you know, the synagogue in Fredericton uh, vandalized my home province, the city where I went to university, that, it, it just makes it that much more painful, frankly, because it just gets, it's that more intimate. I had a similar reaction, of course, when the synagogue in Moncton was threatened uh, soon after October the 7th. And I was in touch with the community there. And of course, I was in touch on Saturday with the community in uh, in Fredericton and was happy to hear that the Fredericton community writ large uh, came out on Sunday to surround the synagogue uh, in a spirit of support to the Jewish community in Fredericton. But every time one of these incidents happen, as much as it's, I think, heartwarming to see Canadians standing up for our Jewish community, it's still difficult to see the incident itself and to realize that... uh, especially, I suppose, that one uh, in Fredericton, you know, it happened on Holocaust Remembrance. And and that's particularly, I think, painful for everybody. But again, just all the more reason why we have to continue the very important work we're all doing.
0: You spoke about Holocaust Remembrance. That was a, a big speech, a big public platform for you three months after your appointment to stand in front of National Monument to the Holocaust in Ottawa. I want to take us to that moment when you were there.
1: On this solemn day, we commemorate the more than 6 million Jews and 500,000 Roma and Sinti who were murdered during the Holocaust. We also remember the many LGBTQ plus persons, the persons with disabilities and political dissidents persecuted and killed by the Nazis and their collaborators in the horrific crimes against humanity. I want to thank, of course, for today, the members of the National Holocaust Monument Committee and their partners for bringing us together to stand united on this important occasion, the 79th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz-Birkenau, where over a few short years, over a million men, women and children were murdered. Was that the first time
0: you've been to the monument? Oh, my. No, no, no,
1: no. I've been to the monument many times. When I was Canadian ambassador, of course, uh, to Israel, I used to go to the monument whenever I came home. But that was a particularly poignant day. And, of course, the day before, yes, on the Thursday, I was in Toronto and did an event there with Mayor Chow uh, and many of the councillors. And uh, at that particular event, I got to meet with one of the survivors, Rose Lipsick. And, you know, Rose is almost 95. And it was just always when you're with one of the survivors, you're reminded of their truly indomitable spirit. And I think that kind of steals you and reinforces you. The only thing that's sad about that moment when you're with the survivors is when you have to talk to them about what's happening in Canada now and and you you almost feel like you just have to apologize to them because everything they've done to help build a strong Canada everything they've done to build their families and community you know you you feel like this is so ignoble right now the period that we're going through it's so i hope it'll be cathartic and we'll come out better on the other end but i really feel that You know, I want to say to them, don't despair everything you've done, that spirit that you brought to Canada, the efforts that you've made to help build this country. We're not going to let that fade away during this difficult moment we're in right now. And we're just going to continue to fight on your behalf as well. But it's hard.
0: Why do you think you needed a little bit of their courage and strength?
1: I think we all need it. I think not just me. I think you know to see what's happening in Canada now and what's been happening since October seventh. Yeah, I think we all need, um, from time to time, to have our, our 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 backbone strengthened and our spirits renewed. When I'm in front of of, uh, of survivors, I feel like I'm in front of heroes and heroines and gladiators. So it's always inspiring. But I mean, to your to your point. I think the whole country since October 7th has been going through a lot of shock and a lot of pain and a lot of despair. But I'm feeling pretty confident and determined. And part of the reason for that is that I've traveled across the country. I've met with loads of people who are working on all of these issues along with us. I think we've got a huge allyship out there, both within the Jewish community, but also amongst Canadians writ large. I've met with provincial governments. I've met with municipal governments. I'm spending a lot of time here in Ottawa with the cabinet ministers and with the prime minister. Um, I now have staff. Ellen, uh, we have tripled our staff since I saw you. Now, mind you, when I saw you last, I only had two staff, but uh, but we've tripled in size, and they give me hope, and they give me strength. But I think I think part of well-being and part of all of us understanding that this is a little bit of a marathon we're on, it's going to take a while, to get Canada, I think, to a better place. And I'm feeling pretty excited about the work plan we have in front of us.
0: Can we look a little bit at that work plan and talk about some of the things that you've just done, such as You're meeting with uh, university and college presidents. That seems quite important.
1: Well, you know, when I came back from traveling across Canada, what became clear to me was that we really had to focus first and foremost on leadership and getting leaders across Canada galvanized, marshaled to work on these issues. And that's leadership in faith communities, in law enforcement, at the universities, municipal government, provincial government. Two areas that were particularly critical in my view was law enforcement. We needed to ensure that, you know, Jewish parents felt that their kids were safe going out on the street, going to day school, that they were safe at the universities, um, that you could go into shopping malls and not be harassed, that neighborhoods could feel safe. But the other area, in addition to law enforcement, was, of course, universities, because we saw so much activity on the university campuses. So first and foremost, we've met with a number of the presidents the, of the universities and the provosts, the administrators, the heads of EDI at the universities in the trips that we did across Canada. I've also spoken to a number of them individually, just you know, online and on the phone, who've called me for advice. We also, of course, uh, engaged with Universities Canada. You're aware of the letter that uh, a number of the MPs sent to 28 university presidents. I think the university administrators responded to that actually quite well. I have all those responses on my desk, and I have gone through them. But this particularly initiated, I think, this phone call that we did a couple of weeks ago with, I think, 60 to 70 university presidents uh, talking about what was happening on their campuses, the challenges they were facing, uh, how they were dealing with them, how we could work with them together, and sort of you know, plotting, I think, in our all of our minds, the fact that we're not alone in this. And this was my message to the university presidents. Many are trying to grapple with very surprising and disturbing rhetoric incidents that have been happening right across the country, but most particularly on the campuses. And so we've got to work together to try to determine how we respond to that. Everyone respects freedom of expression. Everyone respects academic freedom. But glorifying terrorism, that is not freedom of expression. That is, in fact, against the law in Canada. Secondly, the whole issue of... um, having a civil discourse and a debate like we all did when we were at university and arguing with your professors and your and your fellow students that's the healthy part of university but not intimidation not the kind of debate or protesting that's happened happening that is deliberately set up to intimidate others on the campuses or to incite violence we've been pretty clear with the university presidents and that all of these have limits to them. In a country like Canada, where we very much believe in respect and civility and goodwill and inclusivity. So. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more work to do. I see this as a top priority for my team. And uh, we're going to be engaging full tilt on this in the coming months. So I hope to give you more of an update when we next speak about how our discussions go with the ministries of education. Okay, hold on. I'm just going to stop
0: you right there because you did mention earlier with the education and reasonable remedies, I mean, they can pull funding. The provincial government's minister of education can pull funding if things aren't. Is that one remedy you're asking? Or are you also talking about more law enforcement on campuses. No,
1: no, no. I, I mean, I hope we don't get to the point where we have to have more law enforcement on campuses, unless presidents determine that for the security of the campuses, they need to work with local police. I would hope that as Canadians and uh, sensible people, we're going to sit down campus by campus, province by province, and make sure that the presidents and the administrators are supported and are being active in addressing any of the issues they have on their campuses. I I would hope that we don't have to go to that that type of punitive measure, but let's see. Let's see. I, I think the work with the ministers of education is going to be critical. Now, on law enforcement, I just quickly want to clarify. I'm talking about law enforcement in terms of what's happening on the street. And for that, we've been meeting with police units right across the country. And particularly, I think we're encouraged uh, recently when we met with the chief of police in Toronto and the chief of police in uh Uh, in Peel. Uh, Certainly we've been speaking with the folks in Montreal as well. Vancouver, when we were there, we met with the Hate Crimes Unit equally in Winnipeg. And I think, you know, what we've seen, probably no one is ever satisfied enough (laughs) that action takes place fast enough or maybe is, is as extensive as people might want. But I think we are seeing our law enforcement entities stepping up. And I was particularly impressed to see Both um, Toronto and I think uh, definitely Vancouver and Ottawa come out with their own data on anti-Semitism and the spike and incidents they've been dealing with. That's extremely helpful for people to have. We need that clarity because otherwise people underestimate or over-exaggerate. Also, I think the work that the Toronto Police Chief has done recently, the decision taken on Avenue Road and a number of the other actions that have been taken uh to lay charges in cases of assault or people, uh, you know, using the flag, a terrorist flag, these kinds of actions. I think it's demonstrating that law enforcement is really stepping up now. Now, let's see where we go. These things can change in a moment, but I'm encouraged by that. So I go back to the point again that I think we're a little bit stronger when we were when I spoke to you last. Now, the other thing in our priority area, of course, obviously you know and you've heard me speak before about the. Um, Holocaust education. We've got Ontario, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Alberta, B. C. and Yukon, and hopefully the provinces to the east. Uh, in, in, there are
0: in the provinces to the east a couple of them for sure.
1: But we need to we need to make sure that they're working together. I think to put to place the uh, Holocaust education curriculum that they've all committed to, and also that we blend that with contemporary anti-Semitism. And on that one, Ellen, and I think many of your listeners would agree. We maybe need to be doing something sooner than later with school boards and with uh, teaching faculties across the country on contemporary anti-Semitism. We can't wait for a year from now when the new curriculum is in place. I think we've got to deal with the adult populations as well and make sure that we're supporting them as much as we can with some good, you know, grounded training on anti-Semitism. And again, there's work being done there. And then, of course, the whole area of social media, as I mentioned before, uh, we're working with uh, Minister Varney, the Minister of Justice, and the Minister of Heritage on getting that online harm legislation uh, tabled, I hope, fairly soon. I'm not exactly sure when, but I keep saying before the grass grows.
0: Have you had a commitment? from them that it's coming before the end of the next election is called you know first it was 100 days we were going to see and then it's another election and now it's been more than 100 days and so
1: i can assure you ellen that if i'm staying in this job that legislation will be in place well before the next election we've got the country needs that it's not just about anti-Semitism. It is about online harm. It's about our kids. It's about It's about unbelievable pain and agony that has been happening due to the wide range of harmful activity and nefarious characters that have been, I would suggest, hurting our children right across this country because...
0: Are you going to resign? Are you you threatening to resign if you don't get this before the end of such a date? I kind of hear that.
1: Well, I'll tell you, I've never had to threaten to resign, Ellen, because I've always gotten what I wanted. So I'm not going to threaten to resign because I don't need to resign because I'm going to make sure it happens.
0: So you had you, you tripled your staff. Are you asking to even expand more or that's off the table for now?
1: Well, I think everyone who knows me and knows my reputation knows that you could give me 100 people and I'd keep them all busy. You give me 200 and I'll keep them all busy. So I'm always looking for more staff from the Minister of Finance and from everybody I see.
0: That was my headline three months ago or whatever. So I just, you know that, that she wants to triple her stuff. So is that still- Well, see, a, your I'm headline, just,
1: we cheated. You're welcome.
0: You're welcome. Anyway, but I'm just saying-
1: <laughs> But what I'm most interested in, Ellen, is getting other people taking responsibility that they should be taking- in the roles they play as Canadians to address one of the worst crises we've had on a social-political level in our country's history. So that includes the mayors. That includes police chiefs, who I'm frankly quite impressed with. That includes ministers of advanced education. That includes a wide range of leaders across the country. So it's not just our office fixing this. It's people across the country doing what they should be doing in their roles to address a very serious challenge the country's facing during this what i hope is just a cathartic moment i'm hoping we're going to come out better on the other end but we're only going to do it not if i have 100 people we're only going to do it if the many leaders across the country are doing what they're supposed to be doing
0: two years ago your predecessor Irwin helped chair a national summit an emergency national summit on anti-semitism we covered it it was july 22nd 2021 after the um last Hamas-Israel hostilities. Is that on the table for you? Are you going to be doing that? Because I know some groups, especially B'nai B'rith, want you to.
1: (laughs) Well, there's a lot of things that people want us to do, and, and I love them all. Look, what I want, I want to make sure that law enforcement is equipped to do what they need to do to keep our kids safe on the streets and everywhere. I want to make sure that our universities, our better environments for civil discourse and true learning and engagement. I wanna make sure that we have better data collection so we really know what's happening out there across the country and we can explain that to, to Canadians. I want more work on social media so that we can deal with that online harm. I want more education for our K to 12 kids on the Holocaust. I mean, how magnificent to help them understand how we can look after one another as we go forward, as they go forward in their lives by teaching them about one of the most critical moments in history when we didn't look after one another. I want a handbook on the IRA definition. I want more work done on with the unions, frankly. I want more work done with medical faculties. I want more work done on EDI. That's all work I want to get done that has to get done now. So to, to move over and organize a major summit, frankly, Let's do that when we've gotten some of the real hard work done so that Canadians, our Jewish community, everyone is benefiting right across the country.
0: Understood. You mentioned uh, the medical faculties, you mentioned unions. We could have whole podcasts on that and we've covered it. Uh, I I won't dwell on it, but I did want to ask if this makes any sense after what we've heard. Can you describe a typical day for you? What do you do all day? And don't don't take that the wrong way. I'm actually genuinely interested.
1: Okay, so before I lift my head off the pillow, I've looked at social media. I've looked at all the messages that have come in uh, to me. I've looked at what's gone wrong and what's gone right. Usually there's more that's gone wrong than right, even still. Uh, and then I summon the courage to get up and get at it. And I know that however hard that might be, as soon as I start talking about the issues, I'll get in you know i'll get the engines will get recharged, and as soon as I get together with people and 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 pick up on their energy that we're just gonna fly through a whole bunch of things so In any given day, we could be working on some of those issues that I just mentioned to you. We could be meeting with ministers. Uh, We could very likely be talking, as we are right now, with federations across the country about setting up some meetings. Uh, We could be talking to some rabbis about maybe an issue that happened at their synagogue, as I did on the weekend. Uh, We could be talking to law enforcement. I'm always frustrated every single day about data collection and that we don't have an accurate enough picture. So we're talking about that. We can be looking at our budgets and wondering how we're going to stretch the money. We're often dealing with somebody writing to us, not just somebody, many, and talking about an issue that they're dealing with either in their work environment or on the campuses or on the street and where they've asked for follow-up or resolution and nothing has happened. We're often dealing with people who are feeling very, very discouraged and who are losing faith in the system? So we can't be a um, you know a customers complaints office or anything and fix and deal with every one of these issues. But you know you can't help but be impacted by the pain that some of these individuals are going through, either because their jobs are in jeopardy or they've been harassed or they feel their children are in danger. I mean that's tough stuff to deal with in the run of a day. And then you know we usually have something on in the evenings, and if we don't have something on the evenings. We say to one another, okay, take the evening off and we respect that for about 15 minutes or maybe an hour and then we get all on our phones and start looking at tweets and get concerned about things and then talk about the work we've got to do tomorrow and then come up with a whole bunch of new ideas. Uh, But I hate to say it because now you will bring in this straight jacket. I think I'm happiest when I'm working on these issues because I feel calmer when we're working on these issues. Because I think Canada is at such a critical point that we need to have, we need to have our shoulders leaning into this wheel because if we don't, we're gonna continue down the wrong course. And that anxiety, that worries me more than the fatigue from the work. What is your
0: relationship with the prime minister? How often do you speak to him about these things?
1: No, I you know thanks for that question because I was just I just saw him at the Holocaust Museum of course for the event on on uh, on Friday, I, I I think I see him almost every three weeks certainly more than once a month, since I saw you I've had three I think individual meetings with him uh, he and I've met with the hostage families I think he's enormously interested not just interested he's enormously committed to this file. It's a difficult file, as you've seen, of course, not just because of what's happening here, but because of what's happening in the Middle East. But I I feel very much like he, he as with the other, other frankly, political reps, including the, the opposition leaders, and I'm gonna be seeing the leader of the NDP shortly, and I'm seeing, of course, a Pierre Polyev, but I, I think all of them are very supportive of the work we're doing. So I certainly feel that the government has our back, and certainly the prime minister, Frankly, if I wanted to meet with him this week, I am sure I could request it and get in to see him fairly soon.
0: Speaking about the prime minister, uh, what is your position on Prime Minister and uh, Melanie Jolie, the foreign minister's statement about the International Court of Justice, where Israel has been taken to the court for charges of alleged genocide against the Palestinians in Gaza, and the non-committal statement about whether Canada supports this action or is going to follow whatever the icj says what's your position on that
1: okay well as you know i do not have a federal provincial remit so i'm going to say that and then i'm going to say that i think that we ended up with a situation where they made it clear that although they might go they would go forward and continue to explore a ceasefire they were certainly not calling for it i think that the court ended up coming out with a statement that was more of a win than a lose for Israel. The fact that they had to be there at all may be something that people would, you know, obviously challenge and be upset about. But I think that people were concerned about what was going to come out on Friday morning. And then when it finally did come out in the end, Maybe you know they call there. There was they made strong statements with regard to mass, and they certainly did talk about you know humanitarian. But um, look, we're at a very difficult time in terms of what's happening. I think we have to be careful not to overreact too much to each one of these incidents, each one of these uh, moments in time. I think that uh, the statement by the Canadian government was quite strong following, and I think we also. Um, then saw a follow-up decision on UNRWA, which I know members of the community have been asking for for quite some time. So you know, let's 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 look at where we're making some some positive steps forward and keep building in that direction.
0: Okay, thanks. all right,
1: thanks so much.
0: And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia: Integrity, Community, Quality, and Customer Care. In a related story, the Ottawa Police just released their annual report on hate crimes for last year. It says in 2023, Jews were by far the biggest target of the 460 hate crimes reported, which jumped 20% over the year before. 92 hate crimes were reported in Ottawa against Jews. That's 20% and way ahead of the other minorities on the list, which are in order LGBTQ, Black and Muslim groups. Thanks for listening to the CJN Daily.